Wild card weekend is over. It's the two-point culture. Chase, Zach here, ready to recap and discuss the games ahead and what, well, basically transpired. Chase, how you doing today? I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic. I, been, I was a little bit sad as of uh, <laughs> Saturday, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, more like actually 1.30, but um, no, I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm holding up. I'm living here. How you doing, Zach? All good on my end. I lived stress-free this weekend <laughs> <laughs> with no playoff <laughs> teams <laughs> to cheer for. But hey, you know what? Your team put up a fight somewhat. It's you all good. You could say that. <laughs> the sun came out. You guys got some draft picks. We'll discuss that later. Mm-hmm. But what was your final thoughts on what happened? Wildcard weekend. I mean, most of this was like a beat down. There was like only like one competitive game, maybe two. I mean, we, you know, we for the most part, we called it. Yes and no. I also said that usually there's one or two underdogs that pull off a victory. And it seems like all the favorites, according just, to the betting just sites, it. just took, took it. it. And yes, I'm talking about the 49ers as a favorite. You found um, the Niners on, as a favorite on the site? Because when I was on mine, it was uh, the Cowboys, actually. That uh, spread kept shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. Therefore, more and more people were putting it on the Niners. Niners. Um, <laughs> no, I thought it was some fun football, though. It was nice to see kind of different narratives being played out. Uh, before we get into the recap, though, of what happened, I just want to throw this out there. Do you think there's too many teams now? No. I, I like it the way it is, actually. I, I, I entertain that thought, mm-hmm. but I think it, I actually prefer it this way. It makes football a little bit more of a gamble and longer and like just feel, it makes it feel longer if nothing else. I think that the team that finishes first should automatically get their buy, yep. but the team who finishes second, no need. You have to scrap and call. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fuck them. Uh, okay. Saturday night. First game was the Raiders versus the Bengals. Actually, let's try something a little different here. Let's go with a news headline that you would like to start off this conversation with when it comes to the Bengals versus the Raiders. What was your takeaway from this game, or what would you say is the headline that stuck out to you? I'm totally about to butcher this person's name. All good. But CJ Uzuma? Yeah. Uzuma? Sorry. Uzuma? Usama, there it is. Yeah. CJ Usama is the Raiders killer as far as I'm concerned. He torched them. Oh man, he him, Joe Mixon ate that line back in core alive. <laughs> it opened up the door for T. Higgins in the second half to make his receptions. And playoff Joe is something else. Joe looked so steady, as he said in this press conference after. This is standard. <laughs> this is how he wants to be. They and... broke that 31 year curse of not being in the playoffs or make getting a playoff win. I know it was 26 to 19, but it felt like a bigger blowout than it was. I mean, kudos to the Raiders for making it a game towards the end there, especially on that last minute. Raiders had a chance to tie this game going down the stretch in the last minute. They had a good drive, but unfortunately this is where my headline would come in. And that is the car ran out of gas. <laughs> 
Derek Carr, with all the momentum, throws a late interception in the end zone to lose the game. Heartbreaking, yes, but it felt a little fitting for some reason. It just felt that that the Bengals' historic run of snapping that 31 game, uh, sorry, was it 31 year, yeah, winless streak in the playoffs, it was just bound to happen. And unfortunately, he threw it into terrible coverage as far as I was concerned. Raiders fans are upset for multiple reasons. Number one, the whistle. Um, Yes, absolutely. (laughs) But according to the officiating crew, which is no longer an officiating crew for the playoffs, (laughs) no, the receiver had it (laughs) way before he threw that. (laughs) I guess basically what they're trying to say is keep playing until – after the whistle blows? I don't know. This is, this so is weird. Are sure it's dead? I, yeah. listen, your guess is as good as mine at this point. Um, um, not for nothing, though. I mean, some Raiders came to play. Josh Jacobs had 83 yards on 13 carries, um, rushing the ball. Darren Waller had 76 yards, receiving on seven mm-hmm. receptions. Zay Jones, five receptions, 61 yards, and a touchdown. But Again, just too many throws for Derek Carr. I mean, he threw the ball 54 times. Yeah, that's a little bit disgusting. I have his playoff numbers right here in front of me. So Carr was 29 for 54, for, but he threw for 310 yards at least with one touchdown and one interception. Mm-hmm. His completion percentage was 53.7, one of the lowest of the wild card weekend. The only person with a la- lower one is Jalen Hurts. Yeah, you you summed it up perfectly with your headline. The car runs out of gas. Where do you think they go with Derek Carr next year? Well, see, this is a very tricky question, and as because as we've seen in the following days what, or in yeah. the past days, we had Mike Mayock, mm-hmm. who got released by the Raiders, who was finally fired as GM. And really, I'm going to believe the headlines on this one and think that. Derek Carr's future is going to be dictated by whoever they hire as a head coach next. With Mike being out, I think that that slims the chances for people like Rich Bisaccia, mm-hmm. depending on probably the offensive-minded coach that the Raiders should be looking to bring in to utilize all the weapons that are there. That'll dictate Derek Carr's future. If I'm a betting man, my money is that he will be the Raiders' quarterback next season because of the slim options in the draft and unless they can grab Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, or Russell Wilson. And then you have to also factor in what we've discussed as well, where in that division, you still have to go through Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. So as a quarterback, is that a very viable option right now? I don't know. That's kind of up for debate right there. Jim Harbaugh in Vegas could be a yeah. very interesting storyline if this was to happen, but I don't know if talks have started with that or have even been entertained. Who knows what the Davis family though, right? We're, we're always surprised and we're never really caught off guard by what happens in Vegas because what happens it doesn't in stay Vegas, in Vegas. It doesn't stay in Vegas anymore. It doesn't stay in Vegas. No, not at all. Um, I do hope Rich does catch on somewhere if he's not the Raiders coach next year. Special teams, unfortunately, a lot of times, as important as it is, it gets overlooked, especially for key, like when you 
move somebody from special teams to a head coaching position. Mm-hmm. There's only a limited guys who have actually made the jump. It sucks, but you John know. Harbaugh being the biggest, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Harbaugh and maybe one more. Um, nope, I think that's yeah. yeah <laughs> I think that's, that's the list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At least off the top of my head. Yeah, me, mine too. I did like the fact that he was handwriting letters to each and every one of his players to say thanks for the emotional roller coaster that they had in the last what three to four weeks. It's been it's been crazy for them. Tumultuous to say to say the least. <laughs> On the flip side, Bengals onto the next round. They look dangerous. Smoking uh, Joe. Yeah, exactly. Jamar Chase said, you know, hold my beer, watch me do what I can do in the playoffs now. <laughs> the the field awareness and the uh, absolute effortless throws by Joe Burrow, man, like that's gonna be a difficult rat for the Titans that they who they're facing next. And not for nothing, I mean, Cincinnati, that's an outdoor team too, so there's not really much that's going to defer them. It's just how do we deal with Derrick Henry? And we'll get into that a little bit later on this episode. Okay, let's switch gears here. Let's go to the Bills and Patriots. Unfortunately, this game did not go the way I expected. <laughs> I thought this would be a little bit closer. However, Hyde's interception in the end zone on Mac Jones. What a pick. Fantastic. But that changed the whole game. I I have a different opinion on what set the tone for the game, really. And okay, that was Josh Allen, Josh Allen using his legs on that first drive on those first two runs. I think Josh Allen came out and said, hey, it doesn't matter who you guys are. It doesn't matter what's in front of me. The, the AFC East runs through us now. And that is why my headline for this game is the king of the AFC North, Josh Allen Snow over there. <laughs> Dude, this guy was torching them both in the air and on the ground. He ran for 66 yards. On six carries? Yeah. Like, he was averaging 11 yards per run. That's ridiculous. <laughs> against the Patriots, the Patriots don't let things like this happen, Not let alone it's we're going to either stop you on the ground or through the air. And they just got picked apart in both, which is why my headline was pay your damn bills, Bill. <laughs> Do you think that the Patriots regret the Johnny Smith signing? In hindsight, maybe, but hindsight is 2020, obviously. So we all mm-hmm. thought the same thing when this was happening. Oh my God, this great two, two tight end set. It's going to be, you know, Aaron Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski without being Aaron Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski. Right, but yeah, no, they had high expectations and Hunter Henry came to play and he had a fairly good season, but it was Johnny Smith who also got a bag that, you know, they probably relied on him more on the blocking end mm-hmm. and not enough in the past production, I would say. He had zero receptions too in this game. Didn't even notice him out there. Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. One no, of the- like non-factors. No, but they will be one of the deadliest running back combinations in the league as, you know, time goes forward. This is well, the Bills are a very difficult defense, as we've always said. Like we've been saying that for years now. Mm-hmm. They're they're not an easy defense to deal with. So, you know, that first game, Damian Harris goes crazy. Yeah, exactly. But obviously the Bills learn from their mistakes and 
you know, round three, they said, no, you, you guys will be non-factors for, for us. Even Brandon Bolden didn't look good in pass catching out of the backfield either. No, not at all. I thought the game plan was executed perfectly for the bills. They, they made Mac Jones life, basically a living hell for him. I did think Mac handled himself pretty well. I mean, obviously the two interceptions, one of them was like we said, was superb and I don't blame him whatsoever. That was a perfectly placed ball. If that's, if that's caught, that's a touchdown. It's seven, seven. It's completely a different game. And so not for nothing. It's not like Nelson Aguilar did anything wrong in that play. He tracked the ball perfectly and was where he was supposed to be. It was just a really, really much better play that by Micah Hyde. Exactly. I do like what I see from Mac Jones though. I thought it's only going to get better for him in terms of seeing, reading defenses, playing in these pressure moments. It's year one. Patriots fans don't panic. You don't need another quarterback. Just let him grow. He'll be fine. Especially with Bill there. I know your headline states otherwise, but it's still Bill Belichick. I'm never taking that away from Bill Belichick. I I recognize all of his accomplishments. These are the growing pains. Unfortunately, Tom Brady's had a much better run without Bill than Bill's had without Tom. Exactly. But, you know, the tides can change very easily. So He's held down the AFC East for two decades. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Far too long. So I think it's time that a new team takes the mantle and Buffalo deserves it right now. Their fan base deserves it. Um, I do wish them more playoff success. Josh Allen, though, ridiculous 308 yards five touchdowns smoke show they didn't punt once they didn't fumble once they didn't throw a pick they they just went in there and were like okay we'll do whatever the hell we want like respond if you got something you <laughs> i think one of the biggest factors though why josh allen looks better in since the second half of this season mm-hmm. versus how he was kind of struggling in the first half a little bit dawson knox has been fantastic for him did you see the quote by Josh Allen actually about Dawson Knox when after no. that first touchdown pass? He's no. like, I thought I made the right play. I thought I was throwing the ball away. <laughs> I, at that point, you're already like, oh, okay, so this is just cash out. <laughs> Having a quality tight end who can make catches like this right now during the playoffs is huge. It's a massive compliment to Stefan Diggs too because mm-hmm. that opens up everything else we've seen Obviously, some inconsistencies on the other passers, such as Emmanuel Sanders, who had a great touchdown on Saturday, too. But, you know, it's good that finally Diggs has a complimentary weapon to him in Buffalo in the receiving game, other than his other one, which was Adam Thielen two years ago. And this is kind of scary, too, because now teams aren't going to be focusing on Diggs as much because of these other weapons. So you do realize that this guy's probably going to break out at one point in time here. Yeah. It should be, and as could be next game. As optimistic as Patriots fans should be for the future, Bills fans should be just as optimistic for Dawson Knox going against the Chiefs next week. Also, Devin Singletary on the ground, 81 yards on 16 carries for two touchdowns. It's nice to see this guy getting going here. Um, yeah, Buffalo yeah. just stomped them, absolutely stomped them. Speaking of stompings. Let's go to the next game. Chiefs Steelers, as you alluded to, this the Chiefs beat the Steelers 42 to 21. <laughs> I'm gonna play okay. I'm gonna start with the Steelers here. Okay. You hung around for about a quarter and a half at 7-7, and then Patrick Mahomes just decided to go Superman. 
You never had a chance. However, my headline for the Pittsburgh Steelers, because I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little optimistic here, is that better days are ahead in Steeltown. Because while Big Ben's chapter in his career is closing, there are some very good offensive weapons and actually probably weapons on both sides of the ball that are good building blocks that going into next year, if you can get a quarterback, the Steelers could still remain very competitive. You're 100% correct. On the other side of the ball, a little bit there. Uh, I don't want to so much highlight the Steelers. This could be applied to two different games. Mm-hmm. But uh, my headline is, where in the world is Donna Kelsey? <laughs> Donna Kelsey flew from Tampa to watch Jason play and yeah. then flew all the way to Kansas City to watch Travis score and throw a touchdown pass. Like, I was going <laughs> to say, she, she was probably like, hey, is that Patty? No, that's my son throwing touchdown passes. <laughs> why does 87 have the ball in a direct snap and it's not a wildcat formation? <laughs> At one point in time, he he was throwing the ball better than uh, Kyler Murray was. Listen, I, we'll I get have to another that stat. We have another stat for that game, too, when we talk about that with Odell and all of that. Yeah, no, the Chiefs ran in there. We, the Chiefs did exactly what we expected the Chiefs. The Chiefs did what Ben Roethlisberger expected the Chiefs to do, unfortunately, which is, hey, we're just here to have fun and yeah. give us our participation award, and we'll see you guys next year. Well, I won't, but they will. Yeah, they will, exactly. I, I don't know. If it, it was nice for Ben. I know he got slaughtered, but Ben had got his two touchdown passes. He was drawing up his own plays on the sidelines at one point. It was kind of funny. <laughs> but once again, they have a young core to build around, and I think that going forward, they'll be fine, the Steelers. I mean, Najee Harris is going to get better. Um, you still have that ridiculous one-two punch of Claypool and Deontay Johnson. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, we're not sure what's going to happen yet with him. He's going to be a free agent. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up going somewhere else, to be honest. And then you have the Muth. Pat Fryer move. Fryer move. So on offense, that's a pretty good group to have uh, to move forward with, and I'm sure that Tomlin's pretty excited for the future once he knows who his new quarterback is going to be. Uh, for the Chiefs, though, I, back I don't know where to start. To life. Back, back to reality. To reality. <laughs> Jarek McKinnon has filled in nicely. His speed is just a matchup Insane. nightmare. Yeah, matchup nightmare for most teams. Travis Kelsey had 108 yards receiving five touchdowns. Oh, sorry, five touchdowns. Five receptions. We'll say that. One touchdown. I did not even know this stuff. But Jerick McKinnon had 81 yards in the Damn. air for one touchdown. Damn. Yeah. Talk about a breakout game for the Chiefs in a timely fashion. On the flip side, Steelers receiving core with Ben throwing the ball. I mean, they could get anything going, so it's kind of nice for the Kansas City Chiefs defense. To good, good confidence building game right there. Exactly, get the confidence up and kind of get their feet wet into these playoffs. I want to bring one last thing to light before we move on. I don't want to touch point this game because it was a blowout, unfortunately. But the big offensive lineman getting a touchdown, Nick Allegretti. <laughs> That's right out of Andy Reid's playbook. I mean. But offensive linemen have been scoring touchdowns for for a couple of weeks now, man. So they're just trying to get in on the fun. Oh, uh, I've never seen a guy celebrate so hard before. Good for him. 
what was the old lineman Robert Hunt that scored that TD for Miami? Ah, oh, we had our big boy. No, I, think that, I think that was the one. <laughs> I'm trying to remember the which guy was it for? Was it for the Ravens or for Miami that didn't score? He oh no, he didn't score. It was it was, it yeah. was him. yeah 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 it was him. <laughs> came up short at the one. Yes. <laughs> After that uh, wicked spin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, this is interesting. I'm kind of curious to see what's going to happen with the KC Buffalo game. We'll preview that after, but this should be living up to Shoot the out. fireworks. Shoot yep. out. All right. I'm going to skip the last, the, the two games on Sunday, jump right to the Monday nighter. Rams Cardinals. Yeah. <laughs> You summed it up right there, buddy. I did not expect this from the Cardinals. So my, <laughs> oh man, these guys what's, are hilarious. What's your headline? Slim pickings. Cause Kyler Murray threw the <laughs> shortest pick six ever in NFL history with right around the time, Mark, uh, which Burger McFarland summed it up with, was what in the Carson Wentz is this? Yeah, I was gonna say that he Carson Wentz did. He Carson Wentz did, man. It was it's not a good look for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, as I was gonna say, by the time so Odell threw one pass and was one for one for forty yards, and that's why my headline is "Thank you, Odell Senior," because <laughs> if it wasn't for Odell Senior, Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. would be playing for the Browns right now. I'm sorry, but he looks fantastic so in LA. Do we give Odell Senior the executive of the year? We might have to, especially <laughs> if they win the Super Bowl. He's having fun, you could tell right away. Mm-hmm. He's throwing touchdown passes. It seems like he's really bought into McVeigh's scheme as mm-hmm. well. And he's an actual like dangerous weapon out there for the Rams. Like he's a matchup nightmare right now. I would just like to point out and laugh at everybody that said. Odell Beckham Jr. is a problem since the New York Giants. That's no, he isn't. He's a weapon that deserves to be utilized in the way that he's being utilized right now. But Zach, the real reason that I was bringing up that one for one 40 yard set was because when he did that, um, Kyler Murray was seven for 17 for 30 yards. <laughs> Ouch. That's bad. So, you know what I'm saying, man? Like, listen, yeah, right? I know. Give Odell his props, his flowers right now. He deserves it. He deserves to be here. That was his first touchdown, his first postseason touchdown in his career. And deservingly so. I wouldn't be surprised if he finds the end zone next week as well. No. It's Um, it's almost guaranteed money, man. (laughs) Cooper Cup, too. It's like he had a quiet game, but he still had five receptions for 61 yards and one touchdown. When he had the ball in his hand, man, there's not many times I – seen wide receivers run like as viciously and as intensely as he was running that on that field last night Mm -hmm. boy what a game from that whole rams offense that's the only way to sum it up is rams offense came out and did what exact whatever they wanted and the rams defense came out and did whatever they wanted they basically did what aaron donald does whenever he's in a fight and put somebody into a (laughs) chokehold pretty much um matthew matthew stafford played mistake free football too Mm -hmm. Very, very was, good, out, um, outstanding performance from Stafford. I thought he was brilliant. We have the numbers for him. I got or I, I got do. You. 13 for 17, 202, and two touchdowns. 
light day at the office. <laughs> oh, let's not tiptoe around the fact that he had six carries for 22 yards and a touchdown as well. While dealing with turf toe now, because we all saw that little <laughs> <laughs> dig. Yeah, that little dig there. <laughs> no, they they were just a matchup nightmare for the Cardinals. And I'm going forward, I'm actually worried about the Cardinals. Yeah, this isn't an ideal position to be in. They have, um, you know, very, very big glaring questions coming forward. What do they do in free agency? Christian Kirk's about to walk, may potentially walk too, because he's a free agent as well. Yeah. On the back end, J.J. Watt calling the season a tremendous disappointment. You know, and these are older players too, because you got to start thinking, what are we doing with J.J. Watt? What are we doing with A.J. Green? Mm -hmm. What the fuck are we going to do with our receiving options? Exactly. I mean, do you run it back with Edmonds and Connor next year as well, right? I know Connor was banged up, but still, is Edmonds the perfect complimentary back to go along with Connor? I don't know. These are questions that are going to need to be answered, but these are also questions that I think are fair. Um, Cardinals fans should be pissed off because Cliff Kingsbury has basically melted down in the last two seasons now they they've seemed to always start very hot and then slow down or hit a wall and unfortunately they hit the wall in the playoffs this year not the ideal time sorry i just don't like the usage rate of kyler murray i don't think they're getting the most out of him right now i think you have a quarterback who has legs let him go a little bit more you know that kyler ran for only six yards on two carries yes um yeah yesterday oh my god no i I wasn't aware of that i was now he had a couple that were called back unfortunately because of holding um the rams defensive line was getting to him quite quick so there was a lot of time for he was pressured but run play action you know rpos these are things that you should be doing with kyler murray and Instead, it feels like they're trying to, just kind of trying to keep him in the box and just try to make him into a quarterback, which he is a quarterback, but he also offers so many more weapons. Also, just for a fun fact from this weekend, Kyler Murray, um, he's on the opposite spectrum of Derek Carr, where he had the highest completion percentage of losing quarterbacks at 55.88% mm-hmm. through 100, for 137 yards only and no was the only quarterback to not throw a touchdown with two picks and look at the weapons that he has oh there's almost no excuse especially offensively i know deandre hopkins isn't out there but there's still aj green christian kirk has proven to be capable and my big thing with them i know jack um james connor is still there but my big really big thing with them was Yo, why aren't you guys utilizing Zach Ertz? You didn't even start moving the chains until you started getting the ball to him. So why would you not go back and feed the town? I don't know what they were doing with Ertz. I, they should have given him the ball a lot more. Um, it felt like maybe they were trying to set him as a trap and then they realized it wasn't working. So then they said, okay, let's go out and use him later on in the game. But it was just too late. I have a question for you because with all these injuries and Obviously, yep. the receiver sets that they were playing. Where the fuck was Rondell Moore? He had five receptions for 32 yards, but Rondell Moore thought he had a big play. And Vaughn Miller, who's 
according to Russell Wilson, in his, the best shape of his life, yeah. absolutely tracked him down yeah. and yeah. stopped him. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree with you. But I just feel like the whole receiving court didn't show up in this game. And you actually, you know what? I'll take it a step further. The whole offense didn't show up in this game for the oh. Cardinals. No, it was very, very, it was bad, man. Like, this was like the Cardinals. This was like the Josh Rosen Cardinals we were watching. Like, it doesn't make sense. I don't know where I saw it from, but I had did I did see somewhere that the game plan for the Cardinals was to run it 25 plus times and kind of bang the ball. But why would you do that when you're going against Aaron Donald and Von Miller? Exactly. It doesn't make sense. The strategy, the game plan, the preparation, it wasn't smart. And you could tell that this team was just unprepared from the get-go. I'm going to say this right now. I think Cliff Kingsbury is on the hot seat. And if, for example, I was to get a notification on my phone this week that he's going to be let go, it wouldn't shock me either. It's the third season for Cliff? I think so, yeah. So at what point do you start looking at things and being like, hey, we got to change things from the top? I I understand, like, does Kyler work with a better offensive line that's better suited for the NFL? Yeah, that's, that's something too. Biggest question yeah. too, like going forward for the for the Arizona Cardinals, not just all the weapons that are about to be missing, but what kind of offensive philosophy do we want to go for from from here if we step away from Cliff? And then build your defense too, right? I still think there's quite a bit of holes that need to be filled on the defensive side of the ball. Yes, your pass rush looks great right now, but even that might take a hit if Chandler Jones decides to leave. Exactly, and. You know, it's not like he was shut mints about his words about that possibility earlier in the season. J.J. Watt, who knows what's up because another year older and still coming off another injury. I know he played on uh, last night, but Doubt he was not 100%. Over, let's not overlook his injuries history because that's significant, especially right now. Yeah, I doubt he was 100%. All right, Eagles, you know, Buccaneers. You know who was 100% before we go into this, right? Uh, Cam Akers. Oh, dude, Cam Akers looks completely normal. Looks like he's back to being Cam Akers, running guys over. Um, speaking of which, Buda Baker. <clears throat> Prayers up. He's out of the hospital. He's on his way back to Arizona right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad to see he's okay because that was a really, really scary hit. Yeah, his arm went limp there and tense. Oh, first of all, it tensed up and then it went limp. That was kind of scary. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a worse injury than it actually intended to be. Nevertheless, hopefully there's no long-term effects on that for him. But yeah, Akers and Sonny Michelle yes. ran wild. They had 50, 50 something yards, 50 plus yards each for both of them. So it's going to be a matchup nightmare for whoever they face, which as we found out where I'm going with this game is that the Buccaneers beat the Eagles 31 to 15, Eagles own Chase. What do you think about this? How much time we got? I got a, I got a long list of things to get. Go by the it. way, I'm going to break down the game, random fact by random fact. I'm going to talk about things that the Eagles fans should be excited for going forward. I'm going to talk about things that you know probably you should entertain as well as an Eagles fan going forward. So the big news for me was when before this game started, Josh Sweat, our defensive end, was out. I knew right away that's not a good sign because we need to apply as much pressure to Brady. And without Brandon Graham right now, Josh 
Sweat is our best off the edge. Yet the defensive line still thrived, sacking Brady five times on third down in throughout the game. So I'm not upset with that. Tampa teed off early with pressure against the Eagles offense. Mm-hmm. No secret there. Tom Brady was surgical passing and not for nothing. He didn't, in the very first half of the game, he didn't take many shots downfield. What I will say though is Tom still hates the Eagles and Derek Barnett for Super Bowl 52 because if you remember, Derek Barnett was the one who recovered the ball. Yep. Um, when the Eagle, when Tampa Bay was playing the Eagles earlier this season, Tom and Barnett were exchanging words with one another. And then obviously first play, first drive of the game, Barnett gets what I would have called a clean hit on the hip of Tom. And it was called for roughing the passer. Yeah. Referees dropped the ball on that one. Dallas Goddard. Yes. So that, to that point, uh, officiating questionable. Not going to dive deep into that because I don't want to be that guy and just be like, oh, it's the refs, it's the refs. No, like we have a part to play in this too. Mm-hmm. Great effort in game by, with the exception of one drop by Dallas Goddard. Mm-hmm. He ended the season as PFF's number one rated tight end so far. Nice. Good bounce back season for him. Jalen Rager. Now, before you continue, I messaged you after this game and I said, I think it's time that rigor and the Eagles mutually part ways because I think it's best for both of them. Uh, I think he needs a n- fresh start. And I also think that you guys need to move off from him and, and find somebody who fits your scheme a little bit more. So I concur with you here. Now there is one former Eagles receiver who popped off in his third year that makes me be like, I'm curious. Well, has maybe to. it's maybe it's the same thing where Nelson Aguilar didn't look well those first two seasons, and in season three it was like his year. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's that. But you know, um, for the most part, uh, Rager struggled in the punt return. He muffed one, and something really, really big I didn't realize, and this is what could actually do it for Jalen Rager, not just in Philadelphia but in the NFL. Dude, he can't beat one-on-one coverage. There was a streaking, there was a three streaking play where Rager was supposed to run an under and he couldn't get off his man to save his life. I think I saw somewhere that he had less yards receiving this year than Ruggs did. Yes. It's fact. Like, and Ruggs has been out from week seven, week eight. Yeah. So, yeah, it, like, and I'm not going to, because I understand what this can sound like. I don't want to sound like the Eagle stand that's just like, oh, you know, your ass, your trash. I, but I think for the sake both of Jalen Rager and the team, maybe the change of scenery might be best in mind. For sure. And there should be a market for a guy like that too. I, I, I don't think people would just give up on him right away. I don't think no team in the NFL would, would stay away from him. Somebody would probably take a chance on him. Um, also very, so I'm going to, Step away from that. Congratulations to the Buccaneers. That was the Eagle side of things. Uh, Tom was surgical in the passing game. Mike Evans had a phenomenal day. Even Shaq, Shaq Barrett getting that tip, like tipping the ball to himself and getting that interception, amazing play. I, I can't take anything other way, away from the Buccaneers other than the fact that they just came to town and did what they had to do. And 
you know, it's scary when you're playing Tom Brady because Tom Brady doesn't get to the line, doesn't wait for the ball f- to be in his hands before he decides what he's going to do. He knows what he's doing at the line of scrimmage. And, you know, especially against a young coach like Nick Sirianni, um, you're going to get exposed a little bit. Jonathan Gannon, you can't show Tom Brady he has something he hasn't seen already to date. And so, that's actually where I'm going to go with my headline. My headline was Tampa's experience prevails, right? At the end of the day, I just found that Arians outcoached Sirianni and the preparation, the execution was just a lot more crisp on the Tampa side. Now, I know we're going through a lot of negatives on the Eagles side. However, there was a lot of positives and not just for this game, but for the whole season, judging as an outsider looking at this team, there are areas that I think you guys should be quite proud of and excited for, right? Like Devontae Smith looks like he's going to be a stud wide receiver. I, at first I said, to you maybe they need somebody to pair with him i think he can handle it (laughs) honestly i i I don't think you need to go get a superstar wide receiver to pair with him i mean obviously it would be great but i think you can get a a 1b and i think he could be your 1a so to concur with you on that point there's a like you said there's a lot of areas to be uh happy with i'll touch upon that just after but just staying on the wide receiver court you're right and right now as we go into you know you got options um, you could grab Tyson Williams from Alabama. You can buy, you can make an offer, a low ball offer to of on Allen Robertson, who's coming off of a down season. And you, if you ask me, Allen Robinson and Devontae Smith could probably complement each other quite nicely if you run Robinson from the slot. And then, exactly. On the receiving side. I mean, Dallas Goddard too. Dallas Goddard's you know amazing. Uh, we're going to see what they do out of the backfield. I trust that Jordan Howard will not be back. I don't know if they... I think they pick up the the option for Miles Sanders, but I could be wrong on that too. I think so too. I think they're going to probably choose between Gainwell or Boston Scott. And then I wouldn't be surprised if they added a running back in the draft, probably in the mid to late rounds. So opposed to, I think they keep Boston Scott and I think they keep Kenneth Gainwell. And I think they just ax Jordan Howard. That's, that's what I think will happen. The only reason why I'm speaking like this is just because I'm trying to compare the situation to what it was like in Indy with Sirianni. Mm-hmm. And I think he tends to lean more three running backs than four. Right. Well, no, that's um, why I said he would get the ax, like he'd be cut. Yes, I know. But then yeah. if you have Gain- Gainwell, Scott, Sanders, is your, okay, so you're going with those three as yeah. your one, two, three. Yeah. See, I think one of them might be gone. And I wouldn't be surprised if he brings in somebody else that's, from his regime, basically. But who knows? I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, time will tell. And that's the only thing we can wait for right now is, you know, Eagles fans, we're going to get into the brighter side of things right now and things that we should be looking forward to. Uh, we have three first round picks. Yep. Uh, important Courtesy factor. of one team. <laughs> two. Two teams. Yes, but one team that's a fan. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we won't go there. We just won't uh, go we, there. Yeah, yeah, we'll leave that alone. Important to note, so every year since Alabama, Jalen Hurts has never had the same offensive coordinator and he's always gone into a new offensive system. He's going to get finally some consistency, which I think will lead to a bigger leap in growth than anticipated. Eagles fans, we should be very, very excited about that. 
We have a le- we have like I oh, said, Chase. Please- yes. What was your headline, by the way? Herc's donut. <laughs> I was gonna uh, I was gonna allude to that a little bit later afterwards of that with um because Jalen Hurts, like I said, had the lowest playoff percentage on passing. He was 23 for 43 with 258 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, almost a third interception. But I just want to speak with these words that Jalen said in his press conference after the game, which was, we're getting our feet wet and me as a leader on the team, my energy needs to be contagious. The season didn't end how we wanted to, but the only way the team, but only one team has a season end as they want it to, how they really want to. Eagles fans, Jalen Hurts will get the shot again next year unless they actually have a realistic shot at either Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, or Russell Wilson. I don't think that they should give up the draft capital for two of the three of those guys. And really be excited for year two of Devontae Smith and players like Kenny Gainwell and Milton Williams. Nick Sirianni has proven that he can come to the point, he can adjust, he listens to his players, and it reflected in that turnaround of the season. And I will agree with you on that. Keep Hurts, develop around him. If you guys are going to move one of those picks, use it as leverage to upgrade another position. Don't upgrade the quarterback position. It doesn't hurt. No pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't hurt, though, to have money being spent elsewhere and not at the quarterback position. Oftentimes, you see teams that have success don't pay their quarterbacks too much right now. Hurts on a pretty friendly deal. Mm -hmm. Build around them. See if you can get it done. And if it doesn't work out, and once his contract is up and he's looking for the bag, then you can reassess. I, I concur with that. Realistically, as an Eagles fan right now, I'm just, I'm like you. I'm happy that that stress is over. And I'm much happier about the next game we're about to get into too. Yes, but just before we touch upon that, just want to give a little shout out to Keyshawn Vaughn. 53 yards, one touchdown on the ground. Where did this guy come from? <laughs> just just another one. Just another one that Tom knew how to utilize. And when he picked apart the defense, yeah, <laughs> this gap. <laughs> interesting game we'll break down between tampa bay and the rams later on all right let's go to the fun game that made you smile boy there's nothing like seeing the cowboys lose (laughs) i want to quote my great podcast partner mike mccarthy will mike mccarthy and boy did mike mccarthy mike mccarthy right till the end (laughs) right till the end san francisco wins 23 to 17 in dallas against America's team. It's not that they lost. It's how they lost. (laughs) So number one, um, clock management, still the enemy, the enemy of the Cowboys. And this is where my headline comes in. Hickory, Dickory, (laughs) Doc. Dak forgot the clock. (laughs) How do you not give the ball to the linesman to spot? By the way, this is something that he's been doing or he should be doing and be aware of since he probably started playing quarterback. This happens at the high school level. It happens at the college level. It happens at the pro level. This is poor preparation. Now, I don't know if you want to say this is on 
Mike McCarthy or if it's on the offensive coordinator, Kel Moore. But somebody definitely did not practice the situation because for the offensive lineman to have received the ball, put it down, and then tried to pick it back up before the referee came in and, and actually spotted it, this is it was just poorly timed. It was the most Dallas Cowboys thing I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> this is up there. This is up there with the Romo. Yeah. Uh, missed <laughs> field goal or extra point. Uh, uh, so I have two headlines, respectively, both one for each team. Um, I'm going to call the first one Silence of the Lamb. Because <laughs> CD Lamb was held to one catch and 21 yards for the entire game and the only catch he had was the one that he came up limping at the end of the game and respectively because you know we were all little kids we used to drink five alive so nine alive uh (laughs) niners fans you should be thrilled on your feet because nobody was more electric for me in that game than debo samuel what did i put in the social media page for keys to victory misdirection runs boy dallas Dallas was one of the worst teams all year against misdirection runs. And boy, did Kyle Shanahan exploit that. Double down on how, like, Debo and Elijah Mitchell dictated that entire offense. Absolutely. And this is why I think the 49ers are a matchup nightmare for most teams in the playoffs. The only saving grace, which is not Dallas' saving grace because this didn't happen soon enough to, for them, was, you know, Nick Bosa went down. and. Yeah. Uh, Fred Warner went down. Yeah. You got to look at those, uh, obviously, as you're going forward. You're going to need both of those players as you go into Green Bay because this is it's a very scary environment to go into in, you know, middle of January as it's getting colder. We're dealing with a lot of negative weather. But before we step into this, let's just continue on the Niners hype train where – Brandon Ayuk also had himself a game, five receptions for 66 yards. The only guy who doesn't jump out receiving the ball that I thought would have a better game was George Kittle. But George Kittle ran people over blocking. Like, he was strictly just an extra lineman out there. It's always great to see that because George Kittle just also probably knew that this isn't my game. Michael Parsons is going to, you know, give me a bigger headache. I know we're criticizing this Dallas defense as, you know, shooting themselves in the foot a lot. Um, Neville Gattel, Gavel, Gallimore, sorry. Yep. But it's Kyle Shanahan, and I'm not afraid to bet on Kyle Shanahan in the playoffs. I think he knows more than he lets on, and he's going to explode those mismatches from the jump. I agree with you 100%. And then Mike McCarthy, time management, clock management, has just eluded him all season and finally it's just caught up to him and stabbed him in the back he got out coached by kyle shanahan i i have one one uh it could be catch or fade but it's more like happy or eh. where does aaron Rodgers sit in the fact that he doesn't get to do that to mike mccarthy i think he would definitely <laughs> like to catch that one right like I think he'd, he would have loved to really put the screws in that one however I've got a catcher fade for you, though. Okay. Was this Zeke Elliott's last game as a Cowboy? I mean, I'd like to say no. I just 
have a hard time seeing Zeke anywhere else right now, given the landscape of the NFL. No, it's not his last. It's a fade. It's not his last game as a Dallas Cowboy. He'll be back. I think it might have been his last game. 12 carries, 31 yards. I don't see him being involved in this offense. Um, the only way that maybe he does stick around is maybe if they change their philosophy around. I thought what Paul Pollard. Yeah, I thought Pollard looked a lot better this season. It wouldn't shock me if they decide to save some money. I mean, carry a dead cap weight, obviously, but save some money and maybe spend that money elsewhere on a player position that is more of a need right now. Um, offensive line needs work for the Cowboys. Why? 49ers though, Jimmy Garoppolo, not a good game statistically, but he made the big throws when he needed to. And honestly, can't say much else about him. <laughs> no, was, I mean, it was a boring well, game, but he controlled the game. He So he came out swinging as that entire 49ers offense did, but also important to remember now that Jimmy G is still dealing with injury. Uh, his status is always up in the air on top of now, I believe on top of his thumb, it's the shoulder again, believe to a practice coming this week, but time will tell if Jimmy G is still going to be there and who knows, maybe, and unfortunately, and I hope this isn't the case that, you know, maybe his health dictates his way out of the Niners. Yeah, absolutely. And he's been called into question for his physical toughness before. I'm also a little bit worried that he's a little bit more banged up than let on and maybe he really shouldn't be playing, but he's soldiering through this and maybe it's better for the Niners to start Trey Lance, but who knows? There's that. Maybe it's also, you know, Jimmy G is looking at the tea leaves and seeing that, Hey, uh, Trey Lance is behind me on the way up. This is my last shot. This might be my last shot here. Let me get my stock up as high as possible as we go into the offseason and a weak quarterback draft class, as we said earlier. And free agency. And free agency, because you like, know, there's only three names that we're all really looking at. Honestly, like Jimmy G in Pittsburgh. Could work. Doesn't doesn't look that bad. No. Could it's work. A pretty solid spot. Uh Jimmy G in Denver could work too. Claypool could turn into Debo Samuel. I could see that very easily there. Absolutely. Let's do the preview now of the divisional round. Since we're on the Niners, let's go straight to the Niners Packers game. What do you think about this game? Who do you, and who do you have as the winner? I have the Packers. I think that this is, I know Kyle Shanahan has had the Packers number the past couple of years in the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers is zero and three against the Niners in the postseason. Oh shit. (laughs) So he's due. Um, (laughs) but no, I, for all, for all things considered, and especially going forward, as we have to look at the health, health, once again, of, you know, Nick Bosa and Kurt, uh, Fred Warner, pardon me, almost said Kurt Warner there. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, those two players are going to dictate a lot. They're not available. Aaron Rodgers is going to have a field day just picking them apart. Absolutely. I don't think the 49ers have a corner that can keep up with Devontae Adams. And even if you want to double team him, you still have to worry about Aaron finding MVS or Lazard, right? That's right. Matchup nightmare. It's not a fair matchup at all. (laughs) Plus you have Cobb. (laughs) 
Yeah, exactly. His favorite target's going to be back. That offensive line is getting stronger, too, as they have Bakhtiari back. Mm-hmm. Even their defense, man, um, both the Smith brothers, they're supposed to be getting... Uh, and Jair could play, too. Jair back. Like, um, they're getting healthy at the right time, and this is not an ideal thing that you want to see at the 49ers as they're just coming off of a bye. For the 49ers, they will present some challenges, especially with the versatility of the run game. Um. You know, Juice, Debo, Mitchell, they could all be problems for the Packers, especially considering that I don't know if the Packers really have the versatility on defense to match up with those players. The best way to beat Aaron Rodgers is to control the ball and run the ball. Don't don't let him have it. Exactly. And to be honest, the 49ers (laughs) are probably the best team right now in the NFC that could create that problem for the Packers. Um, Also, one thing else to note is that the Packers were 28th against tight ends this year. Hmm. So paging George Kittle. This could be Kittle's big game. Having said that, I have the Packers (laughs) beating the Niners. I I just think that Aaron Rodgers is a man on a mission and he wants to win the Super Bowl before he either retires or leaves Green Bay. This is his last dance, and I think he's treating it like that, and I think everybody in the organization kind of realizes that too. Which sucks because, like, three years with with Matt LaFleur, each year they've had 13 wins at least, like... Yeah. As shitty as Packers brass has handled uh, Aaron Rodgers this year, and in past years, because that's why we're here. Mm-hmm. It's it's a shame that to think that that might be the end of the tandem that could be like absolutely legendary for the Packers. It's a bit of a shame that Aaron Rodgers only has one Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm, flat, I'm flabbergasted by that too. Yeah. All right, let's go to the next game. Buccaneers, Rams. Uh, before I give you who I think is going to win this game. Donald and Miller are going to be a matchup nightmare for the Buccaneers, especially if Jensen Wirfs, whether they're out or they're healthy and they manage to play, I don't think they're going to be a hundred percent. So watch out for that. I don't think you're going to see a Vaughn breakout performance on the ground against the Rams. However, I will say that the Rams defense has been a little spotty with receivers yards against a catch. I I would concur with you. <laughs> yeah. And that means that Mike Evans is probably going to be due for a big game. I so my thing is we haven't seen Jalen Ramsey shadow people a lot this mm-hmm. season. And I think this is the gonna be the game where he's shadowing either Mike Evans or Rob Gronkowski. Mm-hmm. Um size mis- mismatch with Gronk, obviously, but um you know, if Jalen Ramsey is shadowing Mike Evans, I don't expect very much production out of Mike Evans. No. Unfortunately. I, and that's going to be something that we're definitely going to have to keep an eye on. Right. Furthermore, yeah. to your point, you know, you just said it, like the elephant in the room is that defensive line having both those studs of uh, Vaughn Miller and Aaron Donald. And Vaughn coming off the edge means that Gronk is going to have to chip 
block a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And the down thing about that is Rob Gronkowski having to worry about chipping off and pardon me, having to chip, chip Von Miller Mm -hmm. is going to disrupt his route running and his ability to get open. And that's going to cause a whole other problem for the other matchups because I'm kind of on the opposite side. I think that the Rams defense is going to show up right on time. And that's a possibility. And then on the other side of the ball, I haven't really seen a defense that could slow down Cooper Cup. So good luck with that. Do you factor in Odell? This could get a little dicey for Tampa. I'm kind of curious to see what kind of coverage they're going to have to run to try to limit the big play potential from these two. And then let's just say, okay, let's take away the two options through the air. Well, now you still have to deal with this dynamic duo of Sonny Michelle and Cam Akers who are just just rolling guys. They made Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt irrelevant. I can't wait to see what they do to Jason Pierre-Paul, Shaq Barrett, and Vita Vea. Yeah, so this is going to be a good matchup. Um, I have the Rams. Yeah, I'm with the Rams by like 10. Wow. Okay. No, I think it's going to be a closer game than that, but I, I have them by probably by three. I'm leaning Rams on this one. I just don't think Brady can overcome the amount of bodies that he's lost in the last couple of weeks. I think it's starting to pile on. And even if, even if Leonard Fournette is there, because we know he was out on Sunday, it's yeah. not going to make a difference. Like in my opinion, I understand the playoff funding, but like, it's not going to change too much. I mean, it's going to give the opportunity. Like, that Rams defense is nothing to fuck around with. No, exactly. And let's add on to the fact that, let's say Fournette does play. Okay, cool. But he doesn't really offer much in terms of pass catching ability either. Right. Which is something Tom kind of relies on out of that backfield. Yeah, so it's it's going to be a tough one for Brady. I mean, if anybody could do it, it's Brady and Arians. They've proved it before in their last run that they can overcome barriers to pick up a victory. This is going to be a little bit different, and I I also know that McVeigh probably has a little bone to pick with Brady as well. Yeah, he probably wants that dub back. <laughs> exactly. All right, let's go to the Bengals-Titans game. So Cincinnati take advantage of the Titans secondary. Absolutely. Titans rank 25th against the pass this season. That's, that's the key to victory for the, for the Bengals, for the Titans. Let Derrick Henry do Derrick Henry things. Yeah. I think the game plan is going to revolve around Derrick Henry, but it could also be a smoke screen. Just having him on the field could create a different outlook. I mean, you trot him on the field. Everybody expects him to be 100% and running guys over. So then you stack the box only to go across. Exactly. You can look for your tight end. You can look for Julio. You can look for AJ. Like It opens up your offense way more with him on the field. So, yeah, he's a matchup nightmare, and he doesn't even have to touch the ball. <laughs> That's it, man. Just, yeah. just having him dressed on the sideline is going to bring you know, pressure to that defense because they're going to be like, well, what are we preparing for? <laughs> exactly. And the Bengals, their front four up front on uh, on the defensive side is is banged up right now. 
especially with Mike Daniels being out who left on Sunday. Uh, Saturday, Jan, pardon me. And Hendrickson is also in or was in concussion protocol, protocol. If, I'm not, yeah, if I'm not mistaken. So his status <laughs> for the game is still up in the air. For the Titans, though, this is going to be the third straight week that their offensive line actually plays together, which is the longest it's ever had this season. Yeah, listen, to get the one seed, no matter what happens, I'm going to salute the Titans. I know it's a little bit harder for you on your side there, Zach, but I got to salute the Titans because Rabel should be up in the the coach of the year candidacy. He's coach of the year. Oh, you have him over Zach Taylor? Yeah. I, okay. I've come to the conclusion. I mean, I've been jostling back and forth between him and Zach Taylor. I think Zach Taylor's done a great job. But when you think about the hurdles that Verapel has had to overcome and to lock up the number one seed, that's pretty impressive. Impeccable. Impeccable. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I concur with you on that. Uh, Verapel's name should be a definitely like heavily involved in that conversation because as we just discussed, yeah, they didn't have, didn't have anything easy and all they did was persevere through it. So uh, yeah, salute to the Titans, salute to Mike Rabel. For the Bengals, I think that Burrow needs to play clean football. Do not turn the ball over, play it smart, safe, calm, cool, collective and force the ball to areas that he knows his receivers can make a play. And I'm not just talking about chase. I'm also talking about T Higgins. Cause I actually think T Higgins might be in for the big game this week. He, he's probably about dude, Jamar chase. I think Jamar chase scores at least one TD after going scoreless in this last one. Mm-hmm. And the other name that I'm going to say to watch out for is Tyler Boyd. Yeah. Another guy too. The Bengals offense. So scary. They got some weapons out there. So scary. So scary, man. So scary. And the scary part is you have a quarterback who can actually throw the ball and, and identify where each and every single one of his guys are on the field to get the ball to them. Um, that being said, Titans or Bengals, who do you have? I got the Titans. I have the Titans as well. I don't think it's Cincy's year. It's not a slight to Cincy. I just wouldn't be surprised. I mean, mind you, Joe Burrow might just come out and smoke the boots off that defense so if you told me that the Bengals win I wouldn't be shocked honestly but I just think that going into Tennessee home field advantage for the Titans they've had basically two weeks to prepare for the Bengals in a sense even though they didn't know that they were playing them it's a layup for them I think you think it's a layup well sorry (laughs) I won't say it's a layup but I'll say that it's I think it's a pretty there's a pretty good chance they walk away with a with a victory here uh i just wanted to check right now by the way the line is only a three and a half for tennessee one thing that i will say though for tennessee that kind of might work out to cincy's advantage right is if the titans start slow from not having any football action that could be a, a little rust could could screw them up i mean if cincy gets gets up early in the first or second quarter and, and they have a, a two touchdown lead, like it might be tough for Titans to overcome. I, I'm, I agree with you there as a person of a fan of a team that started slow the entire season. Um, yeah, no, it's, it could be tedious and especially because 
you know, they got to get the run fits back for, for uh, Derek Henry and get that schematically right. Cause I'm sure that's off a little bit, but no, I'm still confident in the Titans ability. And I think with everything, the way that Mike Vrabel has coached this season, I think that that streak will continue. All right. Bill's chiefs last game. Good Lord. I think this is which defense could last the longest in <laughs> this game. <laughs> uh, listen, I know we're going to talk about a winner to call as a picket. I don't have a winner for this game. <laughs> I can't call this. I think, no, I can't either, but I'm going to, I know who I'm going to choose. I'm just not confident. I'm going Bills. Oh, wow. Because I'm going Chiefs. Okay, I like that. I'm going Bills because I thought what the Bills did against the New England Patriots was far more impressive than what the Chiefs did against the Steelers. Mm-hmm. I think the, the Patriots are a better football team than the Steelers. And I know it's, it's two completely different teams and really shouldn't prepare because when you start playing NFL math, it never works out. That's right. However, Josh Allen looks like he's on another level. And I don't think the Chiefs defense has what it takes to stop him. I will say that I think that the Bills defense can limit Pat Mahomes. I agree with you in the fact, because I don't think you can actually stop Patrick Mahomes. I think you can only limit him, especially yeah. with those weapons of Tyreek Hill, McCall Hardman, and Travis Kelsey being out there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm a fan of, the statement, if you want to know where you're going in the future, you kind of look at the past. Mm-hmm. And we just went through this last year and said those exact sentiments about Josh Allen and everything else. True. I understand the fashion that we're talking about now because it's not the same team. It's not the same Josh Allen. It's not the same Brian Dayball calling the plays. Like they're, they're coming out aggressive and they're punching people in the face. Mm-hmm. However, if there's a team that can be punched in the face and taken and say, Tuh, it's the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. Uh, one thing I will say for Josh Allen that works into his favor is Josh Allen plays his best football against man coverage defenses. And guess what the Chiefs are? A man <laughs> coverage defense. I think it, I think Diggs gets his moment and gets his redemption. So I got the Bills in this one. If I have any player that's probably going to have a big game, though, it is Stephon Diggs, especially because... He was the only player last year that stayed out on the field after the Chiefs win, and he watched mm-hmm. that celebration. I think he's kind of just been, this is the moment now we're here, like this is what I've been waiting for, is my, my redemption tour. As football fans, I think we're going to be spoiled in this game. I also wonder, though, if these two teams, I mean, on the offensive side, just beat the shit out of each other to the point that once they play the Titans or the Bengals the following week, they have nothing left in the tank, right? That's the other thing. This could be a very big emotional win, and then you're drained. And we see that all the time in the NFL. And that's the fun part about the playoffs right now. Uh, Anything else you want to cover before we skip off and we go to a little cash or fade? I think we're all summed up. Buda Baker as well. Oh, I just forgot to add something. Yes. To the Niners-Cowboys game. Cowboys took 14 penalties. Yeah. Like they <laughs> shot they shot themselves in the foot so badly. 
That's why your boy's got a free jersey on the way. <laughs> Shout out to Teddy. Hey, get that slay. Um, oh, Dolphins are going to interview Mike McDaniel for a head coaching job. Nice. I love Mike McDaniel. If you haven't seen his interviews, they're wildly entertaining. He is a five foot nine, 180 pound man who is a little bit of a social oddball, but yet super entertaining. He's kind of the Sheldon Cooper of football. <laughs> I don't know. He's, he's, he is brilliant. I will say this. If you listen to him explain situations, he makes it very easy and super clear that as a player, you probably would want to play for a guy like that. Outside of that, I've got some little things that I've heard. I've heard from your team, Matt Eberflus is interviewing for the head coaching job of the Jacksonville Jaguars. A second time. A second time. Yeah. Uh, outside of that, here's my tidbit tidbit on receivers, specifically those around the time of Jalen Rager. Mm-hmm. So only three players since 1977 have had less than 700 um, receiving yards in two years, in the first two years. We have Darius Harrod Bay of the Raiders in 2009. Yikes. <laughs> Just that alone is not a good person to be compared um, to. Obviously, as I aforementioned, Jalen Rager. Yeah. And the third person is actually another Philadelphia Eagle or former Eagle in Nelson Aguilar. Oh, boy. So, <laughs> we're right in great company there. And... <laughs> The last little tidbit for you guys. So home teams were five and one this wild card weekend. The only home team to lose was the Dallas Cowboys. A little fact going into the divisional round for the NFC. Tom Brady is older than every opposing NFC head coach still in the playoffs. Holy shit. <laughs> wow. Matt LaFleur, McVay, and Shanahan are all younger. Okay, here's a here's the and I know we ask this question all the time. So let's just ask it one more time. <laughs> Is this his last year? Is this his last hurrah? Fade, fade, fade. fade. Right. <laughs> yeah. We don't fall for that anymore. Got no, it. I don't even entertain that question anymore. So yeah. yeah I fade. do not. I don't see Tommy going anywhere. Uh, I mean, not come- if he keeps getting fucking roughing the passer penalties <laughs> like he did on Sunday. Hey. <laughs> Uh, okay, a couple more catcher fades for you. I'll just go with two more here that we have. Jonathan Gannon gets a head coaching job next season. I'm going to say gonna it's go almost f- a catch at this point almost. I'm going to say it's a fade. I think he ends up being a finalist for a couple of places but doesn't land one. I think if he continues the success, don't be surprised if he gets one the following year. Okay, fair enough. That just makes one less thing for me to worry about. As <laughs> so I'm okay with that. <laughs> to me right now, there's too many – candidates especially proven ones like Mike and it's not a sh- yeah and it's not a shot against him it's just no. it's a one year so let's let's see what he could do in a second year kind of what happened with um Dable and and uh, right. company over there uh lastly Kirk Cousins will be traded before next season starts catch actually ooh, no fade i'm gonna fade, say fade, fade too fade, fade, just fade. because i think whoever comes into minnesota will want a proven quarterback for one year before ultimately deciding what they want to do fair enough Ooh, why one more thing one thing we should discuss did you check out corday's whole album i will i was actually going to get to music but i have one last football one that i want to discuss let's do it 
and it's not really a catch or fade, but what did you think of Russell Wilson's teams? Because I don't think he said it because he said go Hawks if you listen to the Manny cast. But what do you think of this report stating that Russell Wilson is going to explore options? I think that Russell Wilson being in the latter of his career is going to discuss that. But I, I don't know what to make of this because, you know, we've heard this for quite a little while now that mm-hmm. oh, he's going to be on the move or what have you. And nothing's come to fruition. So the only thing that really changes that maybe to me is Pete Carroll being out. So as long as Pete Carroll's there, he's going to be fine. How do you feel? I, I so, it's so hard to read right now. It feels like Russ in the media is saying he's staying, but then his team or behind the scenes is saying he's leaving. It feels like he just doesn't want to fully commit to being the villain. That's a good observation too. I mean, that's something we don't really consider. I'm sure he's also tired of not having a, a semi-decent O-line in front of him too to protect him. I know a team that has a great O-line that's looking for a quarterback. Oh, I bet you do. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> you said Carson went right over there, wouldn't you? <laughs> hey, he can go duck hunting in Seattle. Okay? <laughs> uh, I think if there's any time for him to explore his options, I think it's now. Um, there's a lot of good teams that will be looking for a quarterback. There's a lot of good places that have the foundations you just need a solid quarterback and who knows what he could do for them, right? Like imagine if he goes to Denver, imagine if he goes to Vegas. Um, if Russell Wilson goes to Denver, it's going to, that division now. Wow. <laughs> That's, and, that, that would ship Derek Carr out. <laughs> I think there's a misconception when people hear like he wants out and he wants one of these big markets. I don't necessarily think he wants a big market. I think he wants the best place that he can win i I don't think growing his brand like to me you can grow your brand anywhere like brady showed it in tampa like Mm -hmm. when tom brady was a free agent i know everybody linked in tampa just because of the receiving (laughs) core that they had but on paper tampa bay versus like let's say new york you would think you would choose new york right sure from a marketing standpoint you're exactly correct Exactly. But if you know that no matter where you play, as long as you have success and winning also will build your brand higher, it doesn't matter where you're playing. It's a matter of the team that's around you. Well, maybe the, the other part of this is, you know, his wife is Sierra, the big Sierra. And that's the thing that can affect that too, because her brand has to be affected, right? Because that's on, I, and that's outside of football, but I'm sure that that, that probably sits on Russ's mind just a touch. Does Giselle's brand affect the way she is in Tampa? No, because she travels though for her job. It's Sierra not, can it's not, too. She yes, you're right. She can, but recording in New York and recording in Seattle are two different things. Right. I, I don't know. Um, you know, maybe they negotiate a way of getting a private plane. Yeah, there's <laughs> that part too. <laughs> the next contract. That, there's that part too. Um, it's kind of jumped up as a topic it's that I think interesting needs to be discussed. Topic, though, yes. And I'm, I'm excited to watch that too this off season as we approach it sooner than later. Uh, music side Corday's album. Yes. We need to discuss it. I actually really enjoyed it. I had a, ta- I heard a take and then now I can't unhear it. Oh, what did you hear? 
he made a J. Cole album where it's it's great rapping with minimal quotables and <laughs> oh that's I see where that person's coming from. <laughs> uh, uh man. <laughs> it's a good album. It's still a good album. It's safe. You know, it's 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 a good album. Yeah. And it's to me it's better than his first album. I did enjoy his first album quite a bit. It was a good one. Yeah. I think he's going to be a rising star in the rap game, though. I wonder if Dr. Dre brings him out for the Super Bowl at all. I, I hope so, but I doubt it. I think that the card's probably too full to begin with. Um, the other thing was I saw Ice Cube was added to the list of performing artists. At oh, the there Super you Bowl go. Halftime too, so. Yeah, well, there you go right there. So. I think there's too many mouths to feed in, in such a limited time. So, what else was there music-wise that dropped? Uh, we had Chris Brown dropped a single. Iffy. Iffy. How'd you feel about it? Iffy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Outside of that, we had AZ and Two Chains drop a single. I mean, Two Chains was supposed to drop an album this week. Didn't really get to that, so didn't hear the, the Chains album. Yeah, the game dropped his single with, with Kanye West with Kanye I was okay I, I thought it was going to be a bit better than what it was oh and for not for nothing Weezy came up with something too well yeah he it's not that he came out with it it's he re-released it exactly one of his old mixtapes sorry for the wait I like that Wayne's doing that Jim Jones came out yeah Drip season forever, gonna not down with the S4. Sorry, yeah, no, I'm in the same boat as you. <laughs> Jim Jones came out with DJ Drama and did a Gangsta Grills mixtape where they did a bunch of drill beats, which is kind of hard actually. And Jim Jones is probably the one rapper I want to hear on this, yeah. And that's pretty much it. Oh, um, JID dropped a single too. With 21 yeah. Savage, which was actually a pretty good si- single. It's slow right now, but I'm expecting it to pick up very soon. I think after awards are officially over, that's when everybody starts cooking again. People are going to probably come out as the... Well, yeah, to your point, the awards, uh, maybe li- latter half of quarter one to really come out and start to leak their singles and put things out for the summer. Much like Chris Brown did, I don't need the single. I want the album. That's the more important thing to me. Exactly. Uh, I think we're good, man. I'm I'm excited going into the next weekend and what we're going to have to deal with. There's going to be a lot more great football, a lot more competitiveness. And, you know, I'm really excited to get to break down those next games next weekend. Go Birds, though, forever. <laughs> and draft Nicobe Dean. Chase, sit down, relax. Watch the playoffs. It's it's a lot easier. Trust me. Your cholesterol <laughs> is going to be a lot lower. My my, my beard's black back black now. If you can't tell, <laughs> there was like grays everywhere until Sunday. Uh, on that note, this is two point culture, and we out deuces. <laughs>